0: May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Gook Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Pubov, QC Audio and QC Archives, doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shunryu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his, and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have uh, the second installment of a podcast with Therese Fitzgerald. Uh, So I'm just going to read you a little thing I got on her here. Therese Fitzgerald came to the San Francisco Zen Center in 1976, was ordained as a priest by Richard Baker in 1986 with her husband, Arnold Kotler, founded the Community of Mindful Living, applying the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh, who ordained her as a dharmacharya in 1994. She worked with Maxine Hong Kingston's Veterans Writing Group. Now Therese is a hospice chaplain in Maui where she and Arnie moved to long ago. There's more to her story that uh, you could hear last week in the first installment and this week in installment too. This week is going to have quite a bit on the Uh, trauma uh, she and Arnie Arnie experienced uh, in the sort of breakup with Tick Not Hot. Uh, And she's going to talk about the Veterans Riding Group with uh, Maxine Hong Kingston. I don't know. I can't remember what else. Anyway, uh, so look, just as soon as we've had our pause to meditate, we'll give her a call. So when you hear the bell... If you're of such a mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause. And we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And we'll give Therese Fitzgerald a call. Hi, David. Hi, Terez. How are you doing? Hi. You got
1: that mic working?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: I had, I was, um, copying some, um, some audio files of the Trump, uh, the, 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 what is it called? Chronicles of CTR. The Trump site, there's, um, you know, uh, uh, they have, um, Uh, interviews on there that, uh, you know, have to do with Suzuki Roshi and people we know. And I was copying them and, and there wasn't any way to download them. So I had to, I had to rip them as they say while they were playing. And so I had to reset (laughs) my, uh, and and I'd forgotten that. So when I called you, I went, oop, this isn't going to work. I had to reset it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: good. Well, thanks for calling again, David.
0: Well, thanks for answering. It took four months to get back to you. Um, Yeah,
1: it's been wild. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, what's happening on your end?
1: Oh, you know, wonderful events with my family. A a niece uh, married, and of a gathering. You know, with siblings who haven't been in the same room together in 20 years.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I gave a wonderful, I, I think it was a wonderful retreat in uh, the mountains of Tennessee at a retreat center called Well Being Retreat Center, which I'm really happy with. That's
0: mm. great. That's great. Yeah, That's so, great.
1: yeah it, it really... Wonderful, and 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 I managed not to get COVID during all that travel, and and being with more people than I usually am. Yeah, here. I hear a lot yeah. about
0: COVID coming from the United States. I don't hear anything here.
2: Uh,
1: oh, interesting. Yeah, there. I mean, I you know I'm I'm working in facilities with lots of people who are pretty vulnerable, and yeah, we're a whole sections of these facilities are closed off recently, you know, because of all the COVID cases. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking it was just because there's all the anti-vaxxers in America. But uh, I was talking to Bob Halpern in Nova Scotia, and Nova Scotia was Mm -hmm. like, had a really good response and a very low excess death rate, uh, Uh which pretty much the excess death rate from COVID uh, paralleled uh, how much anti-vaxxing there was. Uh, Uh There have been studies on that. Anyway, they had a very low death rate. But he said uh, he was just in an event and two people got COVID after it. So it yeah, we'll probably yeah. come back here some too. Uh huh.
1: Well, I'm real careful. People talk about, you know, kind of dropping their vigilance, and that's how you get it. Uh, and even if you're vigilant, sometimes it, it can't be helped. But, um, I mean, I, I wore a, an N95 on the whole flight, and, you know, it's long. These are long. Long uh, flights, uh, especially the one from Hawaii to California. It's, you know, you're in a plane for maybe six or more hours, and then plus the time in a an airport and you know uh, um, uh, vehicle to get from the airport to your destination, etc. Anyway, I, I'm feeling strong again. I'm glad to say I've been home long enough here. Uh. This, this is a place, you know. It's pretty. I mean, we have such beautiful weather. I mean, except for the horrific fire that you know, fires like the one that caused so much destruction. Uh, uh, would you be
0: have, uh, uh, where? Yeah. Where was that, and when was that?
1: You know, that was it was August eighth, uh, just before I went away on my trip, and it, it's in it was in Lahaina which is north of us and also And where are you? It was in well, I'm on the southwest side.
0: Of what? The
1: fire happened on the northwest side of Maui and also the fire happened up the mountain from us in Kula. So we did have to evacuate. Arnie and I were out in the middle of the night trying to find a room. There were none there because we didn't even know. I mean, this this was a very strange thing that happened here in that I, we found out from our landlord about the fire. We did not get any notice from the county or the government at all. And we didn't know that people had evacuated Lahaina, that it had burnt down. I mean, it, it looked like the photos I'm sure you've seen. They, it looked like Hiroshima. And I've been up there now, and it really is sad. Uh, I mean, people many people on our hospice service had to flee for their struggling lives, you know, and everything burnt to the ground behind them, and they were lucky to get out alive.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of people died.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, It it was really... Really sad. I mean, we we're we're a very broken island now, and at the same time, you know, as I was saying, it. You know, this morning Arnie and I went swimming. It's such a gloriously beautiful place, and you know, I we're trusting the waters more or less down here. I mean, up in Lahaina, you can't trust the waters because there's so much draining out. You know, away from Uh, what uh, burnt to the ground, including Mm. a lot of, you know, toxic uh, chemicals. So it's it's tricky, but at the same time, like I say, it is such a beautiful place in nature, and we're isolated, you know, 2,500 miles away from any other piece of land.
2: Yeah,
0: most remote place on Earth. Yeah. yeah, amazing, huh? <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So, uh well, yeah. what, what you know when we talked last time, uh yeah, we got up to the point I think of uh sort of like what you've been doing in Hawaii. Uh uh, uh I can't remember. I I uh, but yeah. um, why, don't, why don't you, uh, when, when did you all arrive in Hawaii?
1: Well, you know, this was, I mean, the you know we were in the Bay Area. I mean, I was there 23 years. Arnie was there 30-something years. Yeah. You know, involved, very involved at uh, San Francisco Zen Center. And then um, with Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, we founded the Community of Mindful Living. And, um, you know, Arnie was ordained as a Dharma teacher in 1990. I was ordained in
0: 1994. Now, wait a minute. Uh, You you were ordained by whom?
1: Uh, Ordained by uh, Thich Nhat Hanh as as a a Dharmacharya. you You know, Arnie was ordained by Bekiroshi, what, in 1977, I think. And I was ordained by him in 1986 ordained
0: as what
1: as a, a priest
0: uh uh-huh. you were' too huh yeah yeah
1: in 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 um, in eighty six. yeah uh-huh. in in um santa fe uh, oh. Yeah. Was, oh oh it was oh, yeah that's why I, you, I didn't
0: yeah i didn't remember it that's because it was in santa fe
1: ah
2: far out that's
1: right yeah, 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 it was, it was, I remember Philip Whelan, uh started shaving my head, and at some point he said, ah, you know, enough of this, and, and Steve Allen and completed the work, oh, uh-huh. you know, so it was, that was a, a wild time, and it was very uh-huh. beautiful to do that with uh, Miriam, she, she was, she was a, a dear Dharma friend, mm-hmm. you know, all the years I was, I was at Zen Center, and I continued to visit her in Santa Fe, and then I was with her shortly before she died. I was with her in, um, gosh, Pacific Northwest. It was up there, right on the coast, looking over Canada. Yeah. Mm
0: Yeah. I used uh, to—Elon and I lived in Santa Fe uh, from July 92 to July 93, after we came back from Japan— and I used to uh-huh. see Miriam at the, at the, uh, uh, library there in Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> And, and yeah. um, there were a couple of libraries I went to. Uh, I, I, I think she was at the one closer to our home that was a branch, but I think I remember yeah. seeing her downtown. What a wonderful library that is. Gosh.
1: Yeah. I yeah, loved it. Is. She was a great librarian, too. Yeah. Oh, Miriam, I, I think of her a lot. I remember things she said. You know, I just really loved her. I lived with her at, you know, 191 Hate. Oh, my God, we were at Tossahar at the same time we shared, we shared, uh, I guess you call it a room. I mean, it was way down at the end of all the uh, structures. It was a barn, and you know she loved being right by the stream so did i oh uh, we you were in the upper barn I, I is that what it's called the, the it was it was down you know down stream as far as right right any the, upper the upper
0: barn upper barn which okay. had the rooms in back uh uh just right above the
2: creek
1: yeah oh we loved it it was a summer together yeah we just Dear, dear friends. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that was, yeah, so 94. And, you know, I think, I was thinking about this. I think for, I mean, like the last 10 years we were based in the Bay Area, we were actually traveling, I would say, eight months of the year. It was pretty amazing. With with Dignan on. 99. Yeah, I mean, Arnie and I were either traveling with him and others, or we were traveling on his behalf, or, you know, in in setting up things, uh, you know, getting things organized and established, whatever, or we were actually giving our own retreats. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, lots of of travel, I mean, we were lucky to travel all around the world. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then you know I described you know the great rupture um, was in in ninety nine.
0: Well, I don't think and, you really did yeah. describe it. You just said it happened. What was it?
1: Well, I mean, you, you know, you, this is this is something. By the way, I'm sure you and Arnie discussed it. I mean, well, I don't
0: remember. I don't know. I mean, I knew wrote, stuff happened. It. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I ran into you. I ran into you guys. Did, did you go to uh, Dick Baker's wedding in, I think it was yeah. 99? Yeah. Well, I was there. Yeah, that's so I, right. That's I saw right. you there. And then when mm-hmm. I went over to, uh, see Vanya's place, Felson Tour, you all were there too. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and
2: yep. then we had mm-hmm. dinner
0: down, Below, um, you know, uh, by, uh, Lake Luzerne there, uh, below his retreat there. And mm-hmm. it, it was you all, you two, and another couple, and, and all four of you were disaffected Thich Nhat Hanh teachers, as I recall.
1: Oh, oh, interesting. I, I wonder if that was, um, I think I have, I have some idea who that might have been. Yeah, it was it was uh, intense. So you know, I, and Arnie has written, uh, I think, a very, um, you know, deeply reflective, uh, yeah, article uh, that that was published in the Inquiring Mind, um, which is you know accessible by the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I, 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 yeah, I, I've got it, uh, but. I'm going to make yeah, sure.
1: that yeah. he he really he does tell because it is a, a rather kind of long story.
0: Well, and, uh, give us the gist. Cut
1: to the chase. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you the. You know, I mean, it was it, it was a couple of years or maybe more of kind of not uh, not reading the messages as clearly as we could have if we. Uh, <laughs> were able um, reading messages that we weren't really working as closely together as we thought certainly, and um, we went along as if we were, and um, suddenly, uh, you know, take not on, and I, I think it's very much his choice. But you know, with lots of counsel from businessmen and and um, you know the monastic community and others um, involved, who uh, did you know it, it wasn't it wasn't a who, who did something you know legally to change the structure of Parallax Press, especially and and basically dissolve. The community of mindful living and replace it with the unified Buddhist church and you know this was such a shocking uh, trauma for us we We hardly could grok, you know grasp, grasp what had happened when it all did happen, um, we we knew in our gut. Oh, my God, this is, you know, about as bad as it could be for us, given our long years, you know, about 17 years, really. I mean, a longer, yeah, it was 17 years for Arnie working closely with Tignot Nhat Hanh, and for me, I'd say 15 years, but very close dedication. And for all this to happen without careful communication... And real understanding, it was, it was really traumatic for us. So here we were um, in the midst of all that, and kind of astoundingly, um, someone on Hawaii Island said, you know what, there is this um, really substantial piece of property, and this young man is wanting to start a retreat center. And so it was, you know, it was set up by someone actually who was working with um, Diane Gray's sister in in Waimea on on Hawaii Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone someone kind of set up the invitation for Arnie and me to come and see what was going <coughs> on there. And so that we we did that, you know, and, and over the course of several months including having, you know, the young man, the, the, um, the person who had bought hundreds of acres in North Kohala. Uh, he, came, he came to retreats with Thich Nhat Hanh with us and so on. You know, we were invited to come and start a retreat center on Hawaii Island. And, I mean, that was a really a full-on, you know, engaging project. Uh, and lots of people came over and Helped us make that effort. It didn't come to fruition, sadly, but um, we tried. We learned a lot in the process and, of course, fell in love with Hawaii and found yeah. a lot of healing here. I think for Arnie, especially, I mean, I, I've always known to go to nature for refuge and sustenance of every kind, you know, um, but I think for Arnie, it was. It was really a, a wonderful time for him to uh, connect with himself, having experienced such a kind of shattering, uh, you know, with um, with Tignotan and and um, the community.
0: All right, now wait a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: What was shattering? All you said was he dissolved Parallax Press, and or he changed the structure of Parallax Press and dissolved the uh what was it called?
1: Uh the community of mindful living. All right. Now well, now now, know, now they, wait, wait. Yeah.
0: Uh so uh, uh Parallax Press essentially what he did right is uh uh it it is it's a business that Arnie had started and was publishing Tik Not Han Han Material and uh at some point uh Tick Nadhan took it away from him. That's what you meant,
2: right?
1: Yeah, there was a a a. It was it was a it was not a um, carefully communicated change. Yeah, you made that point. Uh, Yeah.
0: But all right, but uh, so it just sort of happened uh, abruptly, right?
1: Mm, Yes.
0: Uh, okay. Yes. Now, uh, yeah. and, um, so they just decided that they were publishing Tick Nut on stuff. They, they wanted, uh, to do it themselves and, uh, didn't want Arnie's help anymore or didn't want him yeah, to but be they, in charge. They, they, it
1: wasn't even, it wasn't to, you know, that's not how it was communicated at first. They made changes in the legal structure, uh, including us. But then, then they made a, a quick change in another direction, basically taking us out of any position of, you know, stewardship. And so, yeah, we could have stayed on, but, okay, think about how that felt. And, um, and then the treatment afterwards, to have, to have people come in, monastics and lay people, Come into Parallax Press and with Community of Mindful Living, and and dismissively um, come in and and uh, take everything out of our hands. Uh, in, I mean, in really, if you you know, to me that's more than inconsiderate. I mean, it was yeah, yeah. cruel. Cool. Some of, some of the people were were downright cruel. Yeah, and. I mean, yeah, so... Um, but wait, you know, let's and, go and to then, the community
0: yep. of mindful living. Uh, yeah. Well, you said dissolved it. Well, what was it? Yeah. And uh, who was it affected?
1: Was, oh, it was, see... Yeah.
0: Who, what was the community well, of mindful the, living? living?
1: Yeah, okay, well, first of all, like you say, Arnie did start Parallax Press on his credit card you know, as a sole proprietor. Yeah. And um, sometime in the early 90s, um, that we, we we made a big change and um, founded the Community of Mindful Living, which Who, was,
2: who's um, we? you know,
1: incorporated Arnie. Um, the first board members were um, Arnie, myself, Wendy, and two others. And, oh, so King um, not
0: Han didn't start it
1: that's right yeah oh. it was a, a you know a, 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 a Buddhist church founded in, in California and and so um, parallax press became you know an arm of the church a publishing arm yes yeah. so it, it was part of the uh, nonprofit the church um, community of mindful living yeah. And so when that was dissolved, okay, yeah, we could have continued on, but, um, I mean, it was devastating. And, I mean, the sense of betrayal, I'll speak for myself, the sense of betrayal was very intense. I mean, at the same time, David, imagine, you know, uh, I have continued all this time since then, as uh, a teacher ordained in the tradition, and I know, you know, there have been real ups and downs with that uh, in terms of, you know, um, support by the organization. You know, there's there's been um, there have been efforts to really undermine me, but I have continued and. Um, you know, by virtue of my very real relationships with people, this is something I think I was kind of born for. I mean, it's one of, you know, my missions in life. I mean, my father, when I was ordained as a, uh, you know, priest by Bakeroshi, my father gave me a present, you know, some money to go towards those bowls and, and uh, robes that I had to pay for in '86. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, Therese, I've always known you were meant for a life of service. I, I just I just don't really understand how this is a life of service to I me, mean, my father. It took a while. He, he, I think once he saw me especially, um, you know, get out of those robes and be out with people. And he would come to my talks when I'd give them in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was pretty amazed at that, you know. My father was a, a very devout. A Catholic all his life. Um, you know, he lived to be 99, but anyway, you know, I, it is true. I've always known I was meant for a life of service and I have found great, um, you know, openings to be of service with people, uh, which I, I, I learned, I mean, I was doing that at Zen center, but I, I really, really came into my own with Tick Not On. That's, one of the beauties of my relationship with him and what grew out of all that close work together.
0: Uh, uh, All right. Well, um, now in the community of mindful living, was Joan Halifax involved with that?
1: Oh, yeah. She was very involved. I got to know her uh, uh, beautifully, you know, over all the years. I think I met her in the mid-'80s, and we, we were working closely together for 15 years. Right. And I continue, I've continued to, uh, teach there at, at Upaya. Oh, um, Nate, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah she, she Yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: just one second. <coughs> um, so, you had the Community of Mindful Living, and you all were teaching sort of like, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's Teaching his way, or you was uh, yeah uh, with his blessing, right?
1: Yes, I mean you know it right, and and for I mean Arnie was ordained earlier than I was, so was Wendy. Wendy was ordained in ninety,
2: yeah. yeah,
1: and and we would we would teach together, the three of us. Uh-huh. Or Arnie and I uh, taught a lot. Uh, together, or or Wendy and I also taught a lot together up up until maybe 2012. Um, so you know, a very close uh, collegial um, relationship as as yeah. Dharma teachers, and of course we always included. I mean, it, it, having been at the Zen Center for me only eight years, Arnie, you know, long I I, don't, I can't remember how many years. Um, And Wendy, so long. So you know, we've always also included Zen. Um, I mean, Soto Zen, but uh, you know, um, very steeped in Thich Nhat Hanh's teachings and practices, which I've I always find. Beneficial for myself, and I've found it to be very helpful for others. But I think the the, the Zen influence is there too. In, well, in, taking in, that on strip yeah. is
0: is Vietnamese Zen, isn't it?
1: That's right. Yes, yes. It's just huh? so, you know a very different flavor.
0: Yeah. Now, all right. So mm-hmm. you had you had the community of mindful living. Uh, you, did, no. did you have any place, any centers, or was it all uh, sort of nomadic? Right,
1: right. That's, <laughs> Sadly, as much as we tried, David, we really tried hard. Arnie and I looked at so many places in California, Virginia, you know, and, and Hawaii. We were involved in, you know, that that major effort in, in North Kohala on Hawaii Island, and then for six years in Hana, Maui, here, but no, we have never managed to establish uh, a practice center, even yeah. a, a Zen corner, as Thich Nhat Hanh used to call them. Yeah. How about Zen corners? He'd say. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've had it, we've had kind of living room Zen, which is a lot of what you know Thich Nhat Hanh for so many years. He was encouraging people to do it at home you know have meditation practice and mindfulness practice at home and and so we've done a lot of that and supported people doing that but yeah. no we have not uh, ever established a, a place
2: Yeah
0: well I don't I don't necessarily agree with you saying sadly you didn't I don't you know no, uh,
1: for me it's sad Well <laughs> I, I yeah but that, but in, in terms I, of I, yeah.
0: uh in terms of uh, uh, the dharma, um, yeah, the, I, I don't think it matters. Uh, and there's well,
1: uh, I, I get you there. I, I feel very free, and I, I you know I think of this one wonderful Hawaiian uh, man who who his his church is called Church on the Go, and he <laughs> is so available. He's so oh, you'd love him. You would really love him, and he's so available. I, I've actually known him in the bowels of our prison here. You know, he's really good, and he's been in prison himself. I also see him out on the beach all the time. He's doing weddings, you know, and I see him. I see him at, at my patients and family's homes because he's coming to visit them, and and you know, church on the go. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I've I've been able to, you know, float very freely. And at the same time, I mean, David, you know, you can imagine. I mean, as a Southerner, I think I have this strong thing in me about place. And it is Arnie can tell you that as much as I've loved every place I've lived, I, I really would love to just stay wherever I've been. I want to stay with the people I've been with. And I've moved Away many times for good reasons, but I've got a strong part of me, so that it is sad for me uh, not to have realized uh, this this yearning and dream. But yeah, I have a lot of acceptance about you know acceptance and, and appreciation for how I've been able to um, move, you know, uh, uh, among many different kinds of people in different places.
0: Yeah, but you've been right, you've been right there in people. Maui. Uh, that's a yeah. place, and you've been there for how long now?
1: Oh, it's a long time. You've I mean, been here as long as I was in the Bay Area, so twenty-three years.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm that way. I don't want to go anywhere. I like just staying here. <laughs> uh, <but I've> gone, <laughs> I think of going places is going a, an hour. <laughs> Two hours, three hours away. Okay, well, I want to go back Uh to this community of mindful living. So, uh, it was a community without a center, but you had, uh, retreats and, uh, did Mm -hmm. you have any publication or you had, I mean, did you have like a newsletter you sent out or anything?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the mindfulness bill, which interestingly, uh, Richard Baker, Baker Roche, he, he pointed out, he said, you know, it's very close in name to the wind bell. That's that right. First time
0: That's right. Mindfulness bell. That, that
1: struck me. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So yeah, the mindfulness bell was That's the good letter. But of course, yeah, the publications were with parallax and we had a whole bunch of them.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, so, um. And at the same time, were you doing retreats with Dick Was he doing retreats with you?
1: Well, by, you mean co teaching?
0: Well, I don't know. Whatever. What were you yeah, doing yeah.
1: with him? Right, right. Well, yeah, well, with him, I mean, right on through uh, 99, I mean, uh, uh, we, every other year, we would organize huge uh, tours of retreats all over the country, all along the coast, both coasts, and inland. We would have huge retreats. I mean, we went from having retreats for 35 people in 1987 in New York City (laughs) to having a a, a five-day retreat with 1,200 people at Omega Institute. Wow! You know, in uh, outside of New York, yeah. I mean, it it was astounding, really, what happened with Tignot Han.
0: Um, so what happened? It, yeah. What happened? Uh, so everything was well, going it, smoothly. It, you had your thing. You uh, and and he was he was already in Plum Village, right?
1: Yeah, he he'd been in Plum Village all the time. I mean, all the time he had. Yeah, in France, I mean, we met him. Yeah, we met uh, Arnie met him when he came to the United States um oh. with and, and in New York, you know, with um and, and Lou and others in New York. And
2: uh-huh. then when
1: he came to Tassahara in 83, that's when I first met him.
2: Uh-huh. But
1: all that time he was he was living in France. Yeah.
0: All right. So
1: Yeah. And so we All and, right, yeah, so everything we first went Yeah.
0: All right. Go on. You first went
1: yeah, I mean, that was, we, we went to Plum Village for the first time in 1984.
0: Okay. And so was, everything was hunky dory yeah, right up to, uh, 89. You had, you had, uh, your thing going. And what, what typified what you were doing as different from what he was doing? I mean, you all were like lay priests in a way. Married people. Yeah, we were
1: uh, lay Dharma teachers. Right, right.
0: And his thing was yeah, we was were. in. Correct me if I'm wrong. What was uh, he had uh, more like celibate priests there that like Vietnamese? or Well, something.
1: yeah that that developed. You know that. I mean, at first, at first, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh was trying to get traction with the lay. Western community. And it wasn't going as easily where he wanted it to go. And where did he want it, it to it, it go? Ver- well, I think he wanted to go with it wanted it to go, you know, with more um, d- devotion, um, dedication, um, you know and and he just could not, you know, I mean, he'd never had uh you know the the kind of uh like residential students or even order members you know the order of interbeing i mean that was the the order i mean uh, you know you could become a, a dharmacharya you know after being ordained in the order of interbeing um dharmacharya dharma teacher um but the the order of interbeing i <laughs> mean he said I remember one day when he tried to have a meeting to organize us all, and this was maybe in the mid 90s or early 90s, 93, because there's a real demarcation, you know. In 1995, Thich Nhat Hanh made a, a major trip to, and we helped organize this. We, we had, um, you know, weeks of retreats in Japan, China. Well, we actually didn't have. Retreats in China. We traveled in China. We had retreats in in Japan, um, uh, Taiwan, and Korea. Mm. And I think and and yeah. And by this time, by the by the time by by ninety five, on uh, had ordained many more uh, monastics, um, especially uh, Vietnamese monastics. So I think that's when. He started to see, well, his his vision, you know, could go uh, much more deeply and, and strongly with a, a monastic community. And look how many monastic uh, centers they now have.
0: I don't I mean, know. I how many, many ma- monastic them. centers yes. do they have?
1: I don't know. I would guess. I would guess. You know I don't know how much are, i mean how many are actually owned by them you see, I don't actually know, but I can tell you there's you know there's one in New york state there's one in in uh, M- mississippi there there's one in you know deer park in california um, you know yeah. france has uh, plum village consists of a number of hamlets they're called you know um gosh, I think there's one in. There was one in Vietnam, um, maybe Thailand, et cetera. I don't even know. But, um, you know, and there are – and how many – I don't know how many hundreds or is it thousands of monastics. I mean, it's a huge uh, base of monastics oh, so,
0: now. so yeah. he found he was – that he was being more effective as a teacher with monastics than with uh, lay people. He 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 didn't like the way it was going with uh uh with with the lay thing and was the lay thing sort of the well, lay priest. I just
1: remember him saying saying one time after a meeting when we tried to uh, an organizational meeting about the order of interbeing, and he said, "Can you believe it? They don't want to be organized." And I mean, I used to have the same problems. I felt the same. I had the same difficulty. I was, I was, um, I was, I would really suffer because people, you know, lay people from all over the world, I mean, especially all over the West. I'm talking about Europeans, you know, um, Australians, um, uh, Canadians, and, and Americans. I would have the hardest time getting people to do things that they, no, I don't really feel like it. <laughs> it was. Oh boy! So, you know it it, uh, it. it and and yet, you know, we also had. I mean, I think of something like this: Veterans Writing Group with Maxine Hong Kingston. I mean, Maxine and her husband Earl Kingston have dedicated themselves so completely to supporting the veterans who. You know, Tip Not Han invited them into the room in the first place, and to, and and Maxine came along and said to us, "Listen, I'm being offered this wonderful Lila Wallace Reader's Digest, um, um, um what do you call it? Um, scholarship. I don't know. Anyway, money to to d- develop a program. You know." A community program. And what I wanna do is continue what we've done with Tignotahon, you know, healing, you know, the wounds of war, but I wanna focus on writing, Maxine said. So that's what what we started in ninety two or three. What and would you call the program is still it's called the Veterans Writing Group. Uh-huh. And he's written uh-huh. about it in in her book, the Fifth book, yeah. book of peace, yeah, Peace yeah. and you know that's the kind of that's the kind of work that that there was always that kind of potential. Tignot Han would would kind of light the fire, but then we'd keep it going. But um, you know, I also came up against resistances with that, and then he he wasn't necessarily you know supportive. Uh, you know, of the particularly lay efforts, and boy, I'd get my wings clipped, you know, uh, when, if, if I ventured too far, um, in, in you know, according to him and them, you know. Them uh, well, all and, right. In, in, in
0: what way? What yeah. happened?
1: Oh, um, well, I mean, for example, with the veterans, that that was really vivid for me. In the, you know, mid to late 90s, at retreats with veterans, after we'd, you know, done this, you know, for a couple of years, we started in 89 with Thich Nhat Hanh, and, um, you know, he the, the veterans, you know, they've been through a lot, and... Uh, they have to speak their mind, and they have to be in good communication with people they're working with, or they will just retreat or just leave. Uh, and so I was often finding myself between a rock and a hard place. Of The, the rock was, no, Thich Nhat Hanh was saying, no, let let them join with the whole retreat. Let them be part of the retreat. Well, you know, when you're trying to, I mean, you know, asking veterans, I mean, even for, for a lot of people who haven't been, you know, don't have wounds of war, when you're in a gathering, even if it's a well-intentioned, you know, um, a well-guided gathering of 1,200 people or 1,000 people, you know, you can, you can feel pretty lost well i was trying to represent the the uh, veterans needs and i remember you know technolyn was um, saying no let's they, they you know the, the re- let them be part of the retreat that is that is the best medicine and it wasn't working yeah, so well, what did you want touch, to do? What
0: did you want to do? You wanted to
2: have... Uh,
1: I, I wanted, first of all, I wanted I wanted uh, some some veterans to be able to speak with Thich Nhat Hanh and get their message across. And then we would work with them. I mean, I'll tell you, even in the early ones, 88 and 89, they were ready to revolt, you know. And, oh, no, we can't just be talked at, talked to. Even though, I mean, yes, Thich Nhat Hanh was giving very beautiful teachings but they needed some other way to process their experience. So it was so great. I mean, you probably know Dina Metzger. Dina no, said, I hey, don't. Listen. What? I don't. Okay, she's a wonderful, you know, author um, in Southern California, Dina Metzger. We, we published a few of her poetry books at Oh, uh, yeah. That's um, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so Dina, Dina said, "Hey, uh, we gotta we gotta break stuff down here f- with these with these people. Let's have small groups. And you know, she, and, I mean, and I was in her group with the vets. And you know, she just really knew how to listen. I think she wrote a book, something about you know how to what make love with vets and take the war out of them. Or, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, you know, but I mean, she's a strong woman. Whoa, and." I mean, like Maxine, you know, and strong faculties. And boy, that's what really made that first retreat with veterans work. You were at Casa yeah. Maria in yeah. California. Yeah, so, you know, there were, there were, I mean, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh was very avant-garde. I mean, with his ideas for Western Buddhism or, you know, American Buddhism, he saw, you know, great potential, and I think we, we opened up many Dharma doors uh, with him. And it's just good thing that kind of people picked up and carried on, because in a sense, um, you know, what, what Thich Nhat Hanh turned to was monastic, yeah. um, cultivation of monastic communities and monastic practice. And, I mean, you know, so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have benefited and all that, but, um, you know, it and, and we, we might have, I mean, just like, you know, and it, it's interesting, um, but there, there, wasn't, there wasn't a meeting of minds, um, you know, there, yeah. there wasn't a meeting of minds enough to even discuss these things. Well, look, um, it's here, here's you know, what I here's,
0: Okay, here's what I'm hearing. You started mm-hmm. a, a a writing group for veterans for them to uh deal with their uh problems from uh their wounds of war and Yep. Uh Thich Nhat Hanh gave it his blessing. And then he wanted to relate to them as people who'd come to him and, and said, I want to study Buddhism.
1: Yeah.
0: R- right? I mean, it, so yeah, there, Or,
1: or, you know, or, or practice mindfulness. Are, I think that, yeah. Uh, uh it me. sounds like
0: yeah. there were different goals of, you know, his retreat mm-hmm. and, and, uh, he wanted yeah. to pull them mm-hmm. into his retreat, but, That isn't what they had signed up for, Uh, so uh, you said your wings were clipped. Now you mean that people criticized you for doing that, or what?
1: Um, Well, I mean, you know, if I'm coming to him saying, you know, uh, you know, and I would name, I said, you know, this this one and this one uh, that you know need to to be heard by you. and, and, I mean, there was a time uh, uh, he, he, he did not even come to the door to hear me. See, so, I mean, but that, that isn't really what I meant about wings clipped. Um, I, I think what, you know, when I would, in discussions with him and not just him, and, and there were lay and monastic others involved, um, we, would be, we would have discussions, and I'd say, well, you know, uh, um, you know we are we are primarily a lay um, community, and so nurturing, you know, the the uh, lay leadership is is important for you know continuation of the teachings and so on, and. Um, I remember people would say very strong things to me. Um, And well, what would they say? I don't know
0: what that means. Well, basically,
1: basically they would without without saying the exact words because um, I'd rather just say that they they basically told me to. um, They 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 basically told me I was not being traditional enough. Oh. All right. And, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I wasn't being traditional enough. And, and, you know, see, that my understanding, I mean, this is what it gave me, I mean, and, and, you know, my energy was engaged by them for so many years to develop the potential with, you know, the Western communities. I mean, uh, by the West, I mean, you know, all through Europe. I helped establish, you know, the 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 structure of the Plum Village Summer Sessions, for example, you know, and that was very lay. It involved children, um, it, it, people, you know, uh, whole families. In other words, sometimes you'd have a, a spouse, a partner, who was not really interested in Buddhism. So how do you really talk to people, uh, you know, about ways of, of mindfulness or awakening, you know, for the benefit of all beings? And I, I was I was given a lot of um, a lot of uh, space to be creative and develop uh, things that would, would help it all work because you know David imagine I mean Plum Village was pretty much a Vietnamese community when we first started going there and they all shared that language and they we you can't believe it but there were many times where we didn't we didn't have a written schedule. And all of a sudden we'd see everybody going towards the parking lot, and we knew, okay, something's happening in a different hamlet. Uh, And so I started following Sister Chung Kong, you know, Thich main assistant. I started following her around with clipboard. Uh, Okay, so what time is that going to happen, and where is that going to be, and and so on. And so now they have this very well-structured, it's like a really well-greased machine, you know. Um, People arrive. And stay a week. You have pick up on these days, drop off at the train station on those days, and and these are the these are the kind of practices that we have for you know or sessions. I mean, addressing the needs of westerners, you know, in families and and people who are not in families, et cetera. So there was a lot of leeway and and creativity, but at some point, all that started being uh, you know. Uh, not really valued. and so that that was that was a big part of, of the rupture. Yeah, so um, so and, you know it kind of it sounds sounds I was like, gosh, couldn't we work this out? And you know, in some sense that's what it always seems to come down to, David, doesn't it? I mean, when people have conflicts, it's the it's the stopping trying to communicate. That is the biggest, you know, biggest problem because these problems, I mean, they, they could have been more civilly, kindly, compassionately resolved.
0: Yeah, but they weren't. No. Uh, yeah. So you no, they said. Uh, they really weren't. And so, Thich Not Hanh, you said, dissolved the Community for Mindful Living. Uh, but I thought it was something you all started. Uh, and, and yes,
1: we did. That's what, right. Then how well, could he a, dissolve it? What? Oh well, that's the uh, that's the that's the the move. They they increased the board uh, to I can't remember how many monastics, and there were a few lay people, but basically they increased the number of the board. And this was done with you know lawyers who really knew what they were doing and advised by business people who knew, you know, what they had in mind and all of this of course could never happen without Tignoton and Sister Tungkom's permission. Yeah. Or uh, ex- you know, I- So I- they expanded the board decision. and
0: and outvoted you to move it in the direction yeah. that they wanted to go. Right?
1: Oh they yeah exclu- yeah excluded us. And
0: and and yeah So, um, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, that that happens in (laughs)
0: groups. That happens with teachers. Uh, this is, um, you know, uh, they, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've seen teachers, some of them, uh, become more conservative as they get older and feel, uh, discouraged about what they tried to do. So, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, they, they, they weren't nice in the way they did it. So, uh, so, uh, you all lost Parallax Press and your community of mindful living, living, you'd started, but you'd made a board. So you didn't have control of it. So it moved in a different direction. And that is very normal for, uh, for institutions with boards. Uh, in, mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, mm-hmm. like, when, uh, Tim mm-hmm. F- uh, Fairlawns Institute, which he founded, finally his board sort, sort of took it away from him. And David Katz, who was on the board, said he had Founder's disease. Uh, uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
0: and, uh, th- yeah. that, that mm-hmm. happens a lot. That happened to Richard Baker at Zen Center. Um, uh the the board and the community uh ran into an impasse with him uh they, they expressed great displeasure at sort of where he was you know hit, how he was being in his relationship with the community and the board and everything and um they couldn't come to a resolution so he moved on uh so uh, but anyway, uh, there was a very bad feeling. That's the clearest thing, uh, uh, in the, mm-hmm. the breakup there of, uh, that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what, the way mm-hmm. I experienced it was that you and Arnie, that other couple I met, uh, Wendy, mm-hmm. Joan Halifax, and I don't know who else sort of lay teachers, they, Mm-hmm. They separated from Thich Nhat Hanh. You all separated from him and continued mm-hmm. teaching, but were no longer affiliated with him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there, there are occasional. There were, I mean, for, for Wendy and Joan, uh, they actually saw him, you know, uh, in the last uh, 20 years, you know, or the 20 years before he died. Uh-huh. Um Arnie and I did not. Yeah. But, yeah. uh yeah. Yeah. And Joan, of course, um Joan became um you know, a Dharma teacher in in the lineage with um Bernie Glassman. Right. Right. And and, and Wendy uh Wendy received uh the the uh lay teacher ordination with Linda Ruth, yeah. Oh um Yeah. 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 And, yeah and she's uh, of course Wendy is very involved uh, at Upaya now. yeah,
0: yeah, and you it's said done. you are yeah. too. You, are you still involved? With I
1: have world? been you know I, I actually haven't traveled very much in the last ten years. I mean I it's interesting I you know I uh, Arnie and I and Wendy and I, and uh, another woman in North Carolina, L- Leslie Rawls and I, taught for years. Uh, you know, and we we it, and we're talking California. Um, I was in Massachusetts, uh, Houston, Texas, um, New Mexico. We you know at, at Vallecitos uh, Mountain Refuge,
2: hmm.
1: um, but the longest time in uh, you know twenty five plus years in Arkansas, and um, you know actually it was about uh, yeah ten years in in. Houston and also in Phoenix and Tucson, um, but the southeast. Um, I'm still teaching there. You know, with, ah, with it, COVID and yeah. You're, yeah.
0: you're teaching there. Uh, uh, is are there pl- places that you go? Are uh, are people well, just come for, together for, when you go there and like that?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah like like Southern Southern Dahmer Retreat Center. You know, which um, is—I mean—they've kind of proclaimed. Well, they—they give mostly Buddhist retreats, but not only. Anyway, I have loved that place, and I taught there for twenty-plus years. Um, And also, I was just lucky to have these beautiful uh, people taking care of um, uh, um, a a retreat center right there on Petty Jean Mountain outside Little Rock, and. A, so a strong community developed that you know gathered from Fayetteville and and Little Rock, Arkansas, and also you know Tulsa, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Tennessee, and so on. And that that was a good long stretch. Uh, wow. Wendy, you joined me there, yeah, yeah, it, 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 and nice because Wendy would bring in you know the writing practice that she did with that she does with uh, Natalie Goldberg. And, and, oh, and right, that was, that right. was beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful to see. Sometimes people would would learn more about themselves and and put it into action. You know, from from that writing practice than they could from dharma discussion and zazen and mindful eating and and all the rest of it. Sometimes writing, just like with the veterans, writing can be one of the most effective tools
2: practices. Huh,
0: that's interesting. I always just think of it as work. Uh, But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, 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 yeah, yeah, I, uh, uh, but anyway, I understand that. Huh, so now you've been, you've been situated there in Hawaii the last 10 years, now there's one or yeah. there's two Zen temples in Hawaii so I mean, there's yeah. probably more I mean, there's a Soto yeah. Zen temple is it on Maui
1: Yes yes and and you know for for years I was involved with the um the minister there um you know who has since moved back to Japan you, I mean, He's yes, a minister he you call island.
0: him a minister
1: Oh yeah, that I mean that's how it works here. This is a, and he's a Soto Zen minister. Yes, oh, they use reverend.
0: Christian terms. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: that's 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 very much the the way here. I mean he he's he was uh, you know when I first started getting involved with him and I, I he would invite me to give you know um, talks uh, days of mindfulness mornings of mindfulness. And you know, I would help him. I, I it was the one time, David. I, I, in fact, I went to him with my okesa. Okay, so I said, you know, Kenji-san, I, uh, now do I say son? Kenji-san, isn't that the way you say it? Yeah. His name was Kenji. Yeah, I say, you know, here I, I sewed this okesa. Okay, so, you know, I have robes i i've never really worn them i was ordained you know uh after um you know my root teacher left the center i never lived you know resided in a center after that is there any way i could help you so he brought me in to help him and Hmm. that was quite dear and you know it's with a like a that that community has been going for a hundred plus years. You know, mm. these were the people who, who were brought over basically to work the sugarcane and pineapple plantations, David. And that was really hard work,
2: right? Right. And you
1: know, they they ended up getting these fabulous properties right on the ocean, and that's where the beautiful simple temple is. You know, they can barely keep the. Rent, you know not i mean keep the building up god the the, the ocean starting to take the, the cemetery into itself you know um it, it, but oh anyway, really i was oh yeah it's sad all the erosion i mean really there you can you can see the markers the, the um you know the grave stones uh, no. that have been washed into <laughs> the, the ocean there. Right, I have a question about... Uh,
0: wait a minute. I have a question about that. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. Are they actual graves with bodies buried, or are they Oaxaca, which is like uh, ashes site with markers for well, where the ashes that, went? It's
1: interesting. I, that's interesting because I don't know. Um, I don't know. But the... Well, the grand, they might have the done
0: grand. burial there because that's what was done in America. Um, that yeah, Japanese yeah. Americans did a lot of that, and also they called Suzuki Reverend Suzuki when they were speaking English. Um yeah.
2: and a lot of the and, early and uh, a-
0: Zen Center people called him Reverend Suzuki, and uh, Alan Watts uh, yeah. objected to that. He said, "It's there. You're using the word wrong." Um and you, uh-huh. uh, I, I don't know. He explained about the word reverend. Um, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, it was interesting. I can't really, I can't remember what his point was. Um, and, uh, that's interesting. But, but it, it, of course, uh, then in America, it moved to sensei and Roshi. Well, uh, well, and,
2: and
1: he, and you know, he was uh, th- this minister is also called sensei, especially when people are talking uh, Japanese to him. You know, of course, but I mean, he would go by um, Reverend Oyama, uh, and and you know, so I was in, involved for years, and then they have not, they did not have, a, 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 you know, a, a priest for years. Uh, they tried with a number of people. There was a woman. Um, a Western woman who they, they had there for a very short time and likewise a, a Japanese um, uh, priest. And so they invited me to come in and, and give the weekly meditation practice there. Oh which that's I died. Nice. yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, I, you know, right. It was beautiful, and so now they do have. A, they they went through the long process to you know get all the uh, you know green card and all that jazz, and and now they have a priest from Japan and his uh, young man and his wife, and that's how it is. There's, so there's only one Soto Zen temple here. There are a number of Honganji, Jodo, Shu, and. Um, uh, there's another kind of. That's Jodo question. Shinshu, I think. Yeah, Jodo Shinshu, right?
0: Jodo Shu's different.
1: Um, yes, that's right. Exactly. Um, so there are those three kinds of Buddhist temples. Of course, two of them have been totally burnt to the ground. In Is life. that right? God, oh yeah, oh yeah. I think there's probably one of them will be featured. One that has a big uh, Buddha statue that did not burn, but the temple and the, you know, community building burnt to, the, and the parsonage burnt to but, the ground. And, and,
2: and the, 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 yeah.
0: there's, uh, there's fires associated with the big fire in August?
1: Oh, yeah, the big fire, right. And they, there, that property was, that one was, that was the uh, Jodo, not white, Jodo Mission, yeah, it's called. Yeah, Jodo Mission, mm. and then the uh, the other one is a Hongganji Temple that was, you know, like a couple of streets um, away from the ocean. But you know, it's just the saddest thing, and there, and also there, the Hongganji. That, that's
0: interesting to call it Hongganji yeah. because I think of yeah. Hong Ganji as being the 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 mother temple in kyoto there's two main sects of oh. uh, jodo shinshu
2: uh-huh.
0: and uh, uh they have oh. names like that i can't they're very close to each other they're very big temples not not far from the train station in kyoto but um oh. anyway doesn't matter technical well, that's point
1: interesting. they all it's called you know they have they i would guess most of the, the Buddhists on, uh, on Maui are Honganji Buddhists. I yeah. think,
2: H-O-N-G- I think
0: G- that means W-A-N-G-I. they're associated with one of the, that, like I said, there's two main, uh, branches of Jodo Shinshu, and I think one of them is Honganji, but, um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look I into it. Maybe, better, but maybe
1: okay. So, so the, <laughs> help educate me. I, yeah. I just know I, I've, I've I've actually I've I really love my contact with um, you know uh, the ministers here. It's one it's one of the joys of my work uh, you know uh, uh, as a hospice chaplain. I'm calling on them all the time, and boy, they mean a lot to me. You know, uh, uh, in working with people together, um, and likewise the Catholic priests and the you know. Uh, all the Protestant ministers and and nuns I work with, etc. You know the, the rabbis. I mean, I love I love that part of my work too. Mm. I really do. Mm. I, yeah, there are certain priests. I tell you, I, I I'm just always thanking them, bringing them gifts because um, you know it can be hard when someone when when a, a person dying and a family really feel the need for a priest to come. Um, and they're not active in a, in a church, a parish. Um, you're really up against it. And, and when there's a priest who will just go, um, it's such a blessing, and it's such a uh, support and comfort to the families. Mm. I've even had priests who who were open to, you know, they said, well, You know, my husband was Jewish, but um, we we brought our kids up Catholic, and he would be so comforted to have a priest come and give him a blessing at the end of his life here. And, and, you know, there are priests who understand that, appreciate that, and go. But then you'll have priests who really, you know, will not. And sometimes you just can't even get anybody on the phone. That's really hard. Because it's uh, you know it's so meaningful to people. So it's been interesting to go from being you know very immersed in you know two two kinds of Buddhist practice in in you know the same school uh, basically, but to be immersed in in Buddhism, having been brought up Catholic, married to a Jewish man, and and you know here I am now supporting people on all these different paths at the end of his or her life and and the families around Yeah well family. you
0: married a Jewish man but but uh he became a buddhist mm-hmm. like uh, 50 years <laughs> ago you know
2: uh,
1: I know so. but you you can take <laughs> you can take the Jewish man out of out of jersey but he's 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 wonderfully still Jewish in fact i often I often say to him, oh, Arnie, you know, let's, let's have some more of that culture. I mean, I I, I get it with other friends, you know, um, who who have have continued to be maybe even more Jewish uh, while they're also being oh mindfulness practitioners, you know. Um, and and I see so many beauties in the culture in the scriptures. Uh, yeah, but uh, but no, that's not Arnie. true. With
0: uh, there's people uh, that have Jewish heritage, yeah. you wouldn't guess it. Uh,
1: I know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, but I mean, Arnie was born Midford, and he, you know, he has he, he has a love of of um, love of the language. Uh, you know, especially d- during the uh, you know the holy season. Now he'll say, "Oh, let's." Let's tune into that chanter. And of course it's so beautiful. I love it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) We we, we go to, we go to Seder.
1: I'm I'm lucky.
0: Yeah. We go to Seder every year here. Um, you do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two of our closest friends, uh, husband and wife, uh, she's, um, Muslim. So, uh, you, you, you can't, you, you have to be the same religion here to get married so uh he his name is Mohammed Elliot Cohen uh and they they got married and uh she's sort of uh Muslim like uh, uh that's what she would brought up you know they're really uh-huh. sort of free thinkers but um, she goes yeah. home for all the Muslim holidays she's got a big family thing she comes from another island and uh, uh-huh. uh but they do uh Passover. That's Seder? Is that the same thing? Oh, God, I'm terrible. Well, anyway, <laughs> every, every, we have yeah. that every year with them, and it's a big event, and all sorts of people come. Uh, you know, yeah. there'll be like up, you know, usually a dozen up to 20 people. They'll also do Thanksgiving sometimes. Um, and it'll be potlucks, yeah. and, you know, there'll be. People of from every country and religion and race and uh, yeah, I
1: kind of like I love ritual. I really yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I know. You know that was a big connection between me and Linda Ruth Cuts. I was lucky; mm-hmm. she was the uh, um, she was so my last practice period at Tassahara, and ah. I felt so fortunate. Yeah, I loved her appreciation of ritual, and, you know, I was, uh, now what's it called when you're taking care of the altar? I want to say cheating, but I'm not sure. Cheatin, that yeah, it's that's
0: right, Cheatin.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, I was making the candles and, you know, gathering the wildflowers, and um, it was, I, I guess, you know, it's partly my Catholic upbringing, but my tendency toward ritual has been, has always been strong. I mean, I would, I would do, I would have rituals in my gardening. You know, as an a eight-year-old, I had some pretty amazing rituals. <laughs> it was interesting. It's always been interesting to me. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: We did a ritual last mm-hmm. night. Um, there's a, a rinpoché here that comes here from Nepal, and well, he lives near yeah. R- Rishkesh in a small village, but he has. He has, uh, huh. uh, 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 several, uh, monasteries in Nepal he goes to, and he actually goes into Tibet to, to the home hmm. temple. He just wears business clothes and he, you know, goes as a businessman uh-huh. or as a tourist. Uh, but uh-huh. there, we went to a two hour in, 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 uh, empowerment with him last night.
2: Uh-huh. It's, uh, hmm.
0: And uh yeah, we took him and some of his monks to lunch the other day and uh there was an there was a big uh stupa uh opening enshrinement or whatever. Oh, and there's all these yeah. uh Shiva Shiva Buddha uh sort of Vajra Vajrayana Hindus here. Uh so oh. uh, it was a big event. Vajrayana
1: Hindus? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, mm. uh, and, um, uh, there was, uh, a lot of, lot of communities, uh, uh, sent, uh, you, you know, uh, young women, uh, for dancing, uh, Balinese mm. dance. So it was like one little group after another. Mm. And, uh, the Rinpoche was, you know, the, the Tibetan Buddhist thing, but there were the Vajrayana priests from here too. There, there, uh, it sort of uh, uh, had moved over when uh, the, the Buddhists in Borobudur in Java uh, had to move out, were pushed out by Muslims, uh, came here. So there's uh, there's a Vajrayana oh. Buddhist. Uh, uh, flavor and in, in bali you know, it's all mm-hmm.
2: it it mm-hmm. none
0: of it's I, I mean I, I find it interesting, but um, uh it's it's all stuff like uh that it's a lot of stuff to believe in and a lot of ceremonies and this and that. And I'm happy to be at a ceremony uh uh for a while. That's a nice way to relax, but you know, I just sit in the morning <laughs> and uh, I have a little thing I chant and uh, I don't uh-huh. want to have to believe things.
1: Uh. <laughs> interesting. I mean, isn't it interesting? That, and I, I found real camaraderie um, with, with Stephen Batchelor uh, on this same understanding and yeah. he's very articulate about it. The, the, I, I reread Secular Buddhism. Um, which I think is brilliant and interesting that he's coming out so clearly with this now. And it kind of opened, it was interesting, it opened up something for me. I, I started to read this wonderful British woman, Sarah Bakewell, and she has given me access to philosophers I could never read. I'd buy their books and I couldn't read them. But through her and her way of kind of digesting uh, their understandings and living with them and 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 drawing out their humanness, uh, you know, these are books like "Humanly Possible" or "Existentialist Cafe." She also wrote a book about Montaigne's uh, teachings from his, you know, voluminous writings called How to Live, something like <clears throat> 27 efforts to answer the question. And, and it's this, this very humble way of inquiring in life and, you know, uh, the energy that, that, that gives human beings to really be curious and, and also find out a lot. Um, I mean, not just ask questions, find out answers to questions, Um, but not, you know, uh, be pretty healthily skeptical of belief systems. Because, obviously, I I mean, the United States is in such a mess right now with us versus them. And, I mean, it's so heavy. It's so intense. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I don't keep up with Not it believing. these
0: days. I don't read any yeah, news.
1: Well. Uh, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> I hear yeah. a
0: few things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, America's uh, – uh, I, oh. I saw a little thing somebody posted on Facebook. I stay away from anything political or anything on Facebook, but I saw this. It said mm-hmm. if, if – uh, uh, if, if, it was something like, uh if you still don't understand how somebody, uh how Jim Jones got all those people to drink the Kool-Aid, uh, you're or are, are something like, there's no excuse anymore for saying you don't understand how somebody could get so many people to drink the Kool-Aid. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, understand it's amazing. It. People will believe anything. Yeah. They'll go along with anything. Uh, there's, no ex- there's nothing that's too extreme or too far out or too cruel or too anything you can imagine. Uh, it's all possible. And it's not only possible for a large number of people. It's possible for a very high percentage of the population to uh, go along yeah. with it. Yeah. Basically, people believe what they're told. And um uh, uh you know, uh, yeah. uh there's uh you know, it's I'm sorry, you never know. You have you have ages of enlightenment mm-hmm. and dark ages. Um yeah. uh it's sort of there seems to be a struggle between the uh the dark ages and the light ages uh going on, and it seems to me like uh, the climate's going to win.
1: Oh dear! Yeah, there is that.
2: <laughs> right. Well, this
1: it's, it's through that through that that uh, non-seeing, you know, non-hearing, uh, non-learning. I mean, uh, yeah, ignorance, and not to mention, you know, the greed and hatred. So yeah, we got the three major poisons uh, raging. I mean, just. Raging among humans.
2: Right, right. So,
1: you know, I keep my little light, uh, little light in the window here. Little yeah. light in the, in the window of my heart and, and my actual window.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a, a Steve Bachelor type, uh uh, 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 you know, I, uh, uh you know, he, he, he likes Buddhism without karma and reincarnation and stuff. And to me, it's it's how you see, how you understand what karma is, how you understand what reincarnation is. To me, uh, reincarnation and karma are both words that describe the present moment, uh, what's happening with phenomena and uh, it's uh, yeah. the, the nature of phenomena. Uh, it,
1: uh, right, right. I bet he would. He would agree. I mean, yeah. the whole point is not not to rest. Not. It, it's not even rest. It's not to cling to belief systems uh, to the point where you you can't see. Well, that's very add. true. No, I do yeah. like him. Yeah. I do
0: like him. What he said. Um, uh, oh yeah, he yeah.
1: I mean, I I've, yeah. The the. It's really been very invigorating for me, and and um, you know, I think especially as I'm as I'm working with people of different belief systems, and sometimes you know they're holding on for for dear life, and and yet you know I can also see that on a on a heart to heart level uh, they are wanting. To relax and to to uh, I mean you know if the person is dying to let go of of clinging of every sort because boy talk about you know the climate well the body too you know the the body starts leading the way in dying you know and, and people may still pray for a miracle and sometimes they happen I mean I'm <laughs> I, I don't disbelieve in that. I don't focus on the belief. It's like, well, if that happens, yeah, man, I want to be right there. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know? But yeah, but the 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 letting go, the the being with, um, you know, that's what humans are quite capable, and yet we are closing off to that. So I'm I'm just you know I'm kind of I, I'm glad I'm in this. Position, you know, it, it's <laughs> yes. I'd rather, on some sense, you know, on some level, I'd rather be with my, you know, kind of long term, long time uh, dharma friends, uh, someplace, you know, um, you know, and and cultivating the the broad and lively dharma. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm getting to do it here, you know, in a very wild place. Uh, Yeah, wild in many ways. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's, and and it's so good that you're taking an interest in this, David. I kind of marvel. I said to Artie the other day, "Why is why is David interviewing me?" (laughs) Well, why not, Tris? Yeah, (laughs) he's still one of my I like to hear what friends.
0: Yeah, everybody has uh, uh, something to share to offer, Um, and. yeah, yeah. Uh, back to the greed, hate, and delusion thing. I always had a, mm-hmm. a sense of greed and hate, what they were, but I would wonder, well, what's delusion, you know, as like you're confused mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. and that. And I've come to see delusion, uh, well, can include a lot, but basically it's clinging to beliefs. That's the way I see it now. It's uh, the, uh, being, uh, mm-hmm. attached mm-hmm. strongly to the belief of self, permanent self, uh, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever mm-hmm. believing it. But we, mm-hmm. we're going to always have beliefs. I think the thing is how, how attached they are. They're sort yeah. of like temporary. Yeah. They mm-hmm. serve you temporarily, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, uh, To me, the the the, you know strong belief, strong faith, as they would say on TV, it's just uh, delusion. Uh, But um, uh, anyway, uh,
1: look, I think we pretty much covered. Go on. Yeah, (laughs) this is great Dharma discussion. I really, really appreciate it, David. Honestly beautiful and you know I realized we haven't had that many sit downs over the years you've had many more with my husband you work much more closely with him you know but this has been really special for me I appreciate it
0: yeah well me too I appreciate it but you know what I used to love and I probably said this in the last one is listening yes. to you and Elon sing rounds You, Whoa. it was so beautiful
1: you, you well, I told incredible. you, I'm, I'm I'm doing it every week. Every week, I'm I'm singing Dona Nobis Pachem, you know, or or uh, "Oh um, Babylon." We went down and and uh, by the waters. The waters of Babylon We lay down and wept And wept for the Zion We remember, we remember, we Remember the Zion and so on. I mean, those songs are so soulful. And there was one she taught me. I should really call her. I actually still have the writing of the words, but I don't remember the tune.
0: You could do it, it on the phone with song. her. Uh.
1: I know. I mean, she that the Dona Nobis Pacham, I'm telling you, that really helps people. I saw someone, I saw someone, a Catholic, it was the only time I was with this person as she was dying, the last moments, and I sang that song over and over. And I'm telling you, at some point, she opened her eyes, and I she looked through a portal. I I I was so moved, I could hardly keep singing, but I did because I saw it was. Uh, it was a door for her. Mm. Yeah, that's that. Uh, dear, dear Elon, she, she took us on as, as choir master, choir mistress. and She was really good at it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and she was, she was very young and she was very talented. Yeah. And she has been involved. Hi. She was involved with, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, um English type, uh, uh, madrigal or I don't know, singing. Oh yeah. But then she moved oh. to Eastern European and boy, I really liked that. The Eastern European oh. stuff like with, um, God, I can't oh. remember the name of the group. Uh, uh, oh man, that is cool music because it, it has that, oh, yeah. uh, Mid Eastern, uh, influence. Uh, it's uh-huh. beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, the, the, uh-huh. the English stuff, I, I don't, I can't remember wh- how to identify that type of music. It was a little square for me, but, uh, it was uh-huh. good, uh-huh. but the Eastern European stuff was, uh, fantastic. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway, yeah. uh, uh, we, I think we, uh, have covered a lot of, uh, uh, territory here. Really interesting. Yes, a lot David, of it was, wonderful. Uh, a lot of it was what I call, I used to say, what Zen Center giveth, Zen Center taketh away. Uh, <laughs> uh
1: referring, meaning what?
0: Uh, but, but, but that, uh, well, I, I would say, you know, at Zen Center and, uh, but you see it in different groups. You see it, uh, that, uh, we, we, we gain things from being involved with groups and institutions and, uh, spiritual practice. But whatever we think is ours, uh, tends to, uh, we either tend to leave it or it tends to be taken away from us and sometimes in in uh, a very nice ways and sometimes in not nice ways.
1: Uh, well, I just think, I, I think that's, you know, um, that's, that's part of it. I think there's just uh, so much more opportunity to come to a, a fuller, understanding and real appreciation of each other as sister and brother human beings. Right, right. Human beings. Well that's the Rodney yeah, King the, that, approach. That, yeah, yeah, that that that's the what? Approach? That's
0: the Rodney King approach. You know? He was the guy his uh, when he was beaten up in LA, he was a truck driver uh, oh right. You know, I, 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 oh, Bob, yeah, okay. I, later right. he said, Can't we all just get along? <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh, does it have to be this way? Couldn't it have been well, nice? Not only,
1: yeah, not only <laughs> here's the thing, we won't I don't we don't have a chance at really getting along unless we get through some of these big things together. And when you think about how we we don't manage as people who have kindred um, uh, you know a, a, a camaraderie. We have um, kindred minds. I mean, you know, how can we expect people who don't have uh, so much kindred minds? So I'm just saying that, you know, especially for uh, fellow practitioners, brothers and sisters on a, a path of of liberation. I mean, getting through. I mean, this is what I find. You know, in in my marriage, I'm so grateful. I mean, it's, it's we've been together. We've been together through so much since. Yeah. You know, eighty two, thirty years. So
2: pretty cool. You know,
1: and and yeah, and to to get through, I'm I'm so grateful that I have managed to get through. What we've gotten through, yeah, uh, and and I'm looking yeah. forward to more. I mean, that's
2: uh, that's
1: the beauty of of real relatedness is you care to attend to one's own needs and the other's needs, including the need to flourish. You know, so yeah, I just I think this is this is also the essential part. You know, so um, and and. That's uh, what you know. What Lord give us, the Lord take us away. Yeah, that's that's part that's of right. it. Um, definitely, <laughs> and and this is too. So yeah, yeah. let's let's carry on, David. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Well, look, it's been great talking with you. I know we could talk yeah. all day. Uh,
1: yeah, but well, um, enjoy the rest of your days. Yeah, Starting there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, look. Uh, do I have a, a good picture of you? Uh,
1: you know, I think I did. I sent you sent, um, You – I'll, I'll look at what I sent you. Yeah, I, at, I can send you. You want me to resend you stuff?
0: Yeah, just resend it. Uh, okay. And okay. I can I, – I think I know where it is probably, but every once in a while yeah. I um, – well – I, every once in a while I misplace will. things. Uh, I had a very mm-hmm. unfortunate, uh, experience with that last night. Katrinka gave me this, uh, this, uh, razor that was the absolutely best razor I ever had. It was just incredible. And it came with two <laughs> blades. And I think if she got it at Ross. I think it was some fancy type that, uh, went out. A business and Uh-oh. I put the second Uh-oh. blade in a, in, in the box. So, and it just lasted that first blade lasted a year. I'm not like Arnie. <laughs> Arnie's really hairy. Uh, I think I have Indian blood or something. I, I, I never had to <laughs> shave every day or anything. Uh, and, but, um, last night I realized, I needed the new blade. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the box. And I thought, oh, I probably threw the box away. Oh, I don't need this old box. And it had the blade in it. Uh, you know, I keep all this crap around. because, And then I decide to go through it and get rid of a few things. And every time I get rid of something I really wanted, needed, uh, and I go, oh, I didn't realize uh, that cord was for this. Now I can't use this. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, I had one time, I, I, I found a piece of metal. Uh, it was like metal pipe. It was, uh, like four inches yeah. long and maybe an inch in diameter, or an inch and a half in diameter. It had some funny things on it. And finally I put it in recycling, got rid of it. And then later when I put the kayak Back, ready to take oh, the yeah. kayak back out and put the oars together. I realized it was the thing that held the the oars together in the center. And oh, oh David. God! Oh, that bothered me. <laughs> and and so I, I, there's this guy who's our local driver. He has like this Volkswagen bus type thing. It's not that, but it's open. And I said, look. I, we, we brought one of the oars. I need a pipe that fits on that. And we went around to all these boat places and stuff. And finally <laughs> we went to one funky place and, and, but it was a boat place, boat parts and different things. They didn't have anything that was right. And Yoman, the driver, he went into their scrap and found this piece of regular old, uh, plastic pipe that was exactly perfectly the wow. ore fit into it and uh, they they uh, I told them look it has to have holes in it here so that these things uh, that on the ore part when you when you get to that point the uh, uh, I, I like uh, a little something sticks out to hold it in so there's four of those and I gave it to them. And they said, "Come back tomorrow." I came back the next day, and they had made an absolute perfect replica without a picture oh of it. Oh
1: my God! Uh, and they you charged got me two dollars. Driver friend, right? That's really resourceful. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it it cost two dollars to fix it. So, oh, so David. Uh, Not every, <laughs> not every lost i lost item. Our, our lost thing story has a happy ending like that. Anyway.
1: Uh, <laughs> very resourceful.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, David.
0: So, uh, yeah. So we've got to stop meeting like this.
1: Uh, yes, we do.
0: And, uh, it's been a oh, goodbye, love to Arnie.
1: To I uh, will, David. T-
0: t- tell him, uh, I look forward to the next time we come in contact too. Okay. Yes. Take care. Aloha.
1: <laughs> Take Aloha.
0: Bye-bye.
2: <care.
0: laughs> Aloha. Bye. So thanks a lot, Terence, uh, Terence Fitzgerald. Uh, really enjoyed talking with you, and uh, I admire your work, your hospice work. That's really good work. Uh, mm. Um. You know, she mentioned uh, uh, that... that Arnie wrote a piece that was in Inquiring Mind years ago. Anyway, you can read it uh, by going to cuke.com, C-U-K-E dot com. Write Kotler, Arnie Kotler, in the site search box. Go to Arnie's page and look down there and you'll see it. It's something like leaving my father, letting go of my father. And he's talking about uh, you know his father Tichneton and Richard Baker experiences uh, he had there. Um, so, um, well, I guess that's it. This has been a Cuke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Doggy Bandita and Deer lovely Katrinka, and we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.